Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. You know, we've heard people tell us to think big, but today's story tells us to think small, and it's far better than you're thinking. And and I share the harrowing story of what happens when you change the side of the road you drive on overnight. And joining me for those stories and so much more, once again, it is Run For God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. How's your week been? It's been a good busy week. Yeah. I had uh, one of the one of the men that I, I admire as much as anybody I know. Right. Um, he's retiring. Mm. And so we went to his retirement last <laughs> night. And um, just, I don't know. There's just something about that man that... Uh, yeah. Uh, he's just a good guy. I've met him several times. Yeah, yeah. he's a he's a run for God alum. He is. Uh, yep. Actually, he was at he's the, in the run Mayberry for, race. Yeah, he was in the Mayberry he's race. At, yep. Yeah, he and his wife are, are faithful. Yeah, um, run for God folks. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. So so yeah. So that was a it was a good way to finish the weekend. Well, good. Yeah. yeah. And my grandson's playing basketball now, so we're going to basketball games. So that's always uh, that's always fun. Yeah. Yelling at the ref- referees and stuff, you know. Yeah. I'll never forget Landon played basketball. And, uh, you know, Landon's our builder. He's the curious mind, always wondering how things work, you know, all that kind of stuff. Well, Landon was in a basketball game, and we I have this picture of him. He is in the game. He's not on the sideline. He is one of the five that's supposed to be out on the court, and he's over looking up at a roll-up door on the on the side of the gym, and everybody's screaming at him, Landon, get back in the game. And afterwards, I said, Landon, what, what were you doing? He said, I was trying to figure out how that roll-up door works. He said, I've never seen one of those. He was like probably seven or eight, maybe. That's so Landon. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, That's we had our basketball stuff. days. Yeah. Well, do you miss the Foot Locker days? You know, Foot Locker was just I this do. past weekend. Yeah, I saw the pictures yeah. uh, this weekend. I do. Yeah, I mean, a lot of those things we used to do, gosh, every single year. Yeah. When, when the kids were younger, when we were coaching the triathlon team. Um, I still talk to some of the parents every now and then, and it's like those were those were pretty special days. Yep. You know, a big group of people, you know, all doing things. Of course, I'm sure for some parents experience this with travel ball and things like that. But yeah, um, you know, travel sports gets a bad rap sometimes. But yeah. there's some pretty special bonds that are formed with those. That um, is absolutely that, true. That, a lot of friendships. That yeah. of course there can be a lot of drama. <laughs> I will admit, um, <clears throat> but all in all, yeah, I do miss those days. I ran into one of the parents yesterday, and he was talking about Jacob. Yeah, and he's he's in you know he's in college at the University of Georgia, right. and he's a Zell Miller Scholar guy, so mm-hmm. he's a great student. Yeah. And um, trying to trying to hold on to that scholarship. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, but he's been. Uh, it's so it funny. Like you, you talk stuff. about telling your age. Yeah. <laughs> It's some. I mean, we've got several of these. Several of these kids that we've coached are married, have kids now, and yeah. Oh, where does time go, Dean? Where <laughs> does time go? It's all good. All right, so we're going to talk about this week's uh, sponsor. It's our good friends over at Trinity Disposal. They are the go-to disposable company for Whitfield and surrounding counties. Trinity offers weekly residential trash collection and commercial front-end dumpsters. 
Uh, Trinity is very detail-oriented. It has an excellent customer service reputation. So if you're interested in a top-of-the-line disposal company in the North Georgia area, give Hunter and Trinity Disposal a call today. Just great people. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, give them a call if you live in this area. Absolutely. Well, our Facebook post from last week. Now, I, I hope I don't. I hope I don't murder her name. But uh, Shonda Fublase is the way I'm going to say it. Um, Jen, I hate. I would I hate saw to, this. this. I would was, hate to mess up her, yeah. her name. Just she's such a joy. Yeah, isn't she? Um, so she says this. She says, "Hello, my Run for God family. Imagine scrolling down your news feed and seeing yourself on a Run for God ad." I was just telling a friend a couple of days ago that I needed to start training again, so this feels serendipitous. I remember the sheer joy and amazement that I felt when this picture was taken as I crossed the line of the half marathon back in January. For those who have been training this year, keep going. Your hard work and dedication are going to be so worth it. For those who hit some stumbling blocks along the way and maybe gave up on yourselves or had to stop or slow down for other reasons, it's never too late to start again. You can do it. One foot in front of the other is the key. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> she's not only on the ad, she's on the homepage of the website right now. That's right. Yeah. She is. Yeah, but that's, that's such a great picture. Oh, it, will it, encap- it, it doesn't fully capture because we were there. Yeah. I mean, we we know how excited she was, but that that picture just about captures it. It does a pretty good yeah, job. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. The, and I love the way the picture captures. It captures the joy and the triumph of it, mm-hmm. but it also you can see the pain yeah. in it as well, and so you can see how hard she worked for it. Well, and what's funny is with this post, she posted a picture of that ad, but she also posted a picture of the video where I guess one of her family members was kind of interviewing her. As soon as she got done, and you can just hear yeah. the joy and the tears coming through. I mean, she was so excited. Yeah. So, I mean, for all of you out there, we're we're in the thick of Couch to Marathon promoting right now for 2024, 2025. Yeah. If you don't think you can do it, Shonda is saying, "Yes, you can." Yes. I mean, she is the she is the picture of of what excites us. That's right. Really. I mean, we we take somebody who who. I say we take some. We don't actually do anything. We sit up here and talk and, and give uh, information. But these people, Shonda did it. That's we right. didn't do it. That's Shonda right. did it. Uh, but we love to have the front row seat to watch stories like her. And she's just one of hundreds of thousands Yeah, that's been in the same boat as her. And so if you're out there and you're listening, you're, you, you've seen the ads, maybe you're tuning in to us for the first time, you're seeing all this Couch to Marathon stuff, Couch to 5K Yes, you can. I know that doubt is the number one thing that keeps people from doing it. It's fear. There's nothing to fear. But there's a finish line experience like Shonda had waiting on you. That is right. Yeah. Amen. Well, she talks about setbacks and, you know, set, setbacks are normal. It's, 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 it, I think a lot of times, I don't know why we look at running, walking, our exercise different than we do other things. But if you're going to be a runner or really in anything that you do, you're going to have snags in that process. Mm -hmm. I mean, think about parents. Is there any parent out there who never had any snags or any problems in raising their kids? My kids would tell you yes, but (laughs) I would tell you no. (laughs) 
nobody does that, right? So ap- apply that to anything, and you're going to find interruptions along the way. So why would we think that running, walking, exercise, why would we think it would be any different? But we have people that they quit so quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, after the, you know, they get one snag and boom, they're done. And man, you, you, all you can do is just do what you can until you can get through it. Sometimes that means taking some time off. Sometimes that means cutting back a little bit. Mm-hmm. Whatever it has to be. But I remember when the, the last time that I wasn't running, I had to take three months off. And I had a stress fracture in my femur. And I remember I couldn't wait to get back. And as soon as I, as soon as that, th- that third month, the doctor told me three months. Mm-hmm. Well, on the third month and one day, I was out running. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So, uh, so yeah, so now let me say this, that first run, was it hard? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. But <laughs> it, it was, probably felt so good. It was too. crazy. At the hard. same time, it felt so good. Of course I had gained 20 pounds, yeah. so, uh, that made it <laughs> yeah. extra hard, too. but totally worth it. So, um, so don't, don't get frustrated with setbacks. They're going to happen. Sure. We had a trivia question from last week. It was this. Northern Arizona's six titles in cross-country only rank them fourth on the all-time list of the most cross-country titles. What men's team has won the most titles? Did you think it was going to be Oregon? Yeah. That's, that, yeah, I think yeah. that, that kind of comes to mind for everybody. Of course, Oregon is number one in individual titles. Um, they have had more okay. individual titles than anybody else. They've had eight of those, um, but they – Team titles, they're they're actually tied with Northern Northern Arizona for fourth, mm-hmm. um, but they they get tons of press obviously because of Steve Prefontaine and right. Nike and um, and that kind of thing. But the Arkansas Razorbacks, they won eleven championships between nineteen eighty five and two thousand. I mean that is a dynasty, mm-hmm. right? Um, they were at least as much of a dynasty as Northern Arizona has been. Um, now individually they've only they've only won three, so individually uh, they 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 don't usually have that guy that's that's fantastic and beating everybody, but they they're team wise mm-hmm. they've been really really good um, or were at that time. So um, I think Michigan State is the is second. They've won eight, uh, and their last one was way back in 1959. So they were good way back in the 50s, mm-hmm. and then uh, UTEP is third. Uh, University of Texas El Paso, kind of the same thing. They were a dynasty before Arkansas. Uh, so between 69 and 81, they won seven times. Hmm. So it, it, that's cross country seems to be this. We go from one dynasty to another, it right. seems, uh, which is it's, it's cool. It's kind of like a lot of sports seem to do that. They do. They do. You have your, your runs and. We won't even get into college football this morning. but That's probably a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but anyway, um, what I thought was fascinating here too was that when you look at these teams that have won multiple championships, typically there's not very much space between them. Mm-hmm. There's a, you know, a year or two and, and not much more than that. The one that has the biggest gap from their first one to their most recent one happens to be Oklahoma State, who was the mm-hmm. one they won this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they won their first one way back in 1954. Mm-hmm. Um, there was only, and I can't remember who it was, there was only one other team that had got, that had more than, of a gap than like 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so typically they get to Why the top. Why do you think that? Is? You think it's just coaching, culture, yeah. a string of athletes that come through, kind of a, a mixture of all that? I think it's coaching. Yeah. 
I mean, and, and, and court, you know, coaching is more than just the act, act sure. of coaching. It's the recruiting and everything else that goes with yeah. it and, and the culture that they bring along right. with it. But, yeah, I think it's coaching. Um, when you look at Arkansas, you know, their coach retired here um, not, not long ago. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I think that was uh, – it was, it was him. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> anyway, uh, it's, it's – it's, it's pretty cool to see on the women's side. Villanova is the team that has won the most championships. Um, they won nine titles between 1989 and 2010. They also have nine individual titles, which is the most for either men or women. Mm-hmm. Um, so Villanova is the big to the women's team. Now, NC State has won three in a row. Um, so that's going to be interesting to see if they can keep mm-hmm. that streak going next year. Northern Arizona, man, they gave them a run for their money this year. One point difference. So Wow. Yep. But I love cross country. Um, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go to a cross country race this weekend. Now, where is it this year? Tallahassee. So this is a race, the race you run every year. It's yep. the Masters National Championship. Yep. Hmm. It's a club. Right. So you're going with the, the Chattanooga, Chattanooga Track Club. Yeah. yeah. And uh, yeah, we'll be in Tallahassee, Florida. Again, we were there two years ago. We're yeah. back, back there this year. So um, I love that course. I say I love it. The course is... is the course looks like it's not too difficult, but I never run fast there, so yeah. it must be more difficult than it looks like. And it seems like nobody really runs all that fast there, so uh, except the NCAA guys. For some reason, they they can run crazy fast there. Hmm. It's because their feet hardly ever touch the ground. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Upward Sports equips churches to run self-sustaining sports ministries in their communities. Whether you're a sports fanatic or on staff at a church, Upward Sports will give you all the tools you need to run a first-class sports ministry that allows you to reach families in your community. Upward Sports offers basketball, soccer, flag football, cheerleading, volleyball, baseball, and softball through league and camp offerings. At Upward Sports, we want to help your church make a difference and give you increased opportunities to share the gospel. Learn more today at Upward.org. That's Upward.org. All right, we're back. You know, on Thursday nights, we do this live thing, and it's kind of fun. Mm -hmm. And so uh, if you're not tuning in for that, uh, you need to. Now, we've we've had a snag in the Thursday night stuff. The last couple of weeks and so um i'm not sure what we're going to do going forward but we're still doing them mm-hmm. we're not missing them but we're having a i'm having to do them a whole different way than we've done them in the past so um it's all good and uh, all that i mean this past week we talked about long runs mm-hmm. and, and how to do our long runs and what, what we get out of our long runs and, and that kind of thing and uh sometimes it's something more biblically focused Right. So, uh, but tune in on Thursday nights if you're not doing it. All right, you're you're not big on socks, are you? You're kind of like me. You you're not a big sock guy. Well, it's funny you ask this question because my 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 boys are getting a big kick out of you know I I've always wore the same socks, mm-hmm. the Nike Dry Fit. It's it's just a sock I've always wore. They're cheap when you buy them, and you know the big six eight packs. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get them at like Dick's or Hibbit or wherever. And, and they're just, they're just, it's a good sock, cheap for the money. Um, but they've always had them and I always get the, 
the ankle version and then the tube socks and I get a pack of black and white in both versions. So when I go into the store, I buy, you know, eight or 10 packs. I, I'm, I'm the guy that I go buy all my underwear and all my socks yeah. for the year. <laughs> yeah. And, and then I throw them all away at the end of the year and I go buy new. It's, it's new sock day. Um, but this last time I went, I spent more money than I normally would because the same sock they have in all the different colors now, which is the, kind of the style, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah. So I bought all these different colors. So now in the evenings, you know, I'll, I'll wear the tube socks at night when I'm walking around the house. So I'll, I'll pull them up, you know, way over my calves and it's all these funny colors. And so yeah. they're all just getting, so yeah, I guess I never have been, but the plain Jane sock that I've always wore and now has some, some, some flair to flair it. to it. Yeah. <laughs> and everybody's getting a kick out of it. So that's funny. Well, I thought about it because as we were in Mayberry, there is downtown Mayberry. There is a sock outlet. It's the Renfro sock outlet. Um, and apparently uh, Renfro um, is a, a kind of a pioneer in the sock business. Hmm. Apparently they're the, the company that first uh, came up with the whole idea of standardized, standardized sizes. Hmm. For socks, they also are, uh, according to their website, the ones that pioneered the seamless toe. Um, so that's pretty. That's a pretty cool thing. Um, but they gave away at Mayberry. They gave away socks to everybody. Um, I got a pair that have Zion National Park on them, hmm. which which is pretty cool because I've been there, and mm-hmm. so it's a there. That's a cool cool thing. But, but if you're ever in Mayberry, uh, Mount Airy, North Carolina, um, this place is downtown, and you the They've got these Swiftwick, nice socks, cheap, cheap, really? yeah, dirt cheap. Um, so it's a great place. It's a true outlet, right? They were founded in 1921, been around for a long time. So, and a lot of runners like the the Swift. I don't care for the Swiftwick socks as far as running goes, yeah, just because they're they're just too thin for me. Yeah, I like kind of something that's kind of a, a medium thickness. Some people like thin ones. Some people like thick socks. Um, but the bottom line is, you need socks that are comfortable. Sure, and that that can be those fifteen dollar a pair socks, mm-hmm. or it, I pay three dollars a pair for my socks. I buy them the way you buy them. I buy them in bulk, mm-hmm. and um, I, th- I that's what I like. They fit on my feet. They feel good. No, it doesn't matter. I don't need to spend ten dollars yeah. a pair for socks. You're like me. We find something we like, find something that works, and we just don't change it. I just keep buying them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Now I'm different than you. I don't throw them all away at once. So. Really? Yeah. See, I don't like when you buy new ones and they get mixed in with the old ones. Yeah. And then you're wearing one new one and one that's maybe six months old. You can tell the difference. But see, I don't do that. When I put my socks together, I don't I do not do that. I put them together purposefully. So as OCD as I am and as OCD as you're not, yeah. you're OCD on this. I am. And I'm not. Yes. Of course, I will admit, because I know my wife is probably listening, I don't do the laundry as much as my wife. But I do it some. Well, what we do, Debbie Debbie does the laundry. Yeah. And then she brings it out. She brings all of my clothes in one basket, all of her clothes in another basket. I fold mine. She folds hers. Mm. It's just the way we do stuff. Yeah. And so uh, so I put my socks You're together. You're giving Holly too many ideas right now. Oh, sorry, Holly. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you know, if you have blister issues, you might try a different sock. Um, you know, socks can make a difference in the way your shoes fit. So... People, there's some people who like thin or thick socks, and, and you really have to choose as far as your running socks go, yeah. because it, it, 
a really thick sock and a really thin sock, you'd have to wear a different size shoe. Sure. Well, that's what, that's the reason, that is the reason I stick with the same sock is because mm -hmm. it's the right thickness that I yep. like. That Nike dry fit. Yep. It's, uh, it's, you know, some would argue it's probably not the best sock, but for me it is. So yeah, there, there's, there's what you have to pay attention to in shoes and, and so many other things in this sport is 10 people may say it's the wrong sock, but I say it's the right sock. So it's it the right for sock you. for me. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. All right. Well, how about another story from Jerry Snyder? Um, as usual, this one has a funny title. You know, we're usually told to think big. Where does Jerry live? Jerry has a different take. Uh, Do we know where he lives? Is he in Ohio? We've got to get him here. I know we do. We do. Jerry, right. if you're listening, try to get a date on your calendar where you can come see us. Amen. Well, yeah, it'd be great. This one's called Think Like a Mosquito. <laughs> Remember to look up at the stars and not down at your feet. Try to make sense of what you see and wonder about what makes the universe exist. Be curious. And however difficult life may seem, there is always something you can do and succeed. That's Stephen Hawking, the theoretical physicist. Once upon a time, I heard a motivational speaker ask his audience if anyone had ever been bitten by an elephant. <laughs> no hands went up. Next, he asked if anyone had ever been bitten by a mosquito. Everyone raised their hand. The point he was making is little things make a big difference. For example, it only takes a few seconds to double knot the laces on your running shoes before a race. This could mean the difference between first place, second place, or even an ugly stumble on the road. And how about those magic words, please and thank you? These are little things that never go out of style. So be kind to the bank teller, the supermarket cashier, the clerk at the dry cleaner, and all folks at all stops in between. This little gesture will make it a better day for you and them. How about a smile? Long ago, someone gave me this advice. If you see someone without a smile, give them one of yours. Once again, a little thing that can make a big difference in your life as well as the person you're smiling at. Over the years, I've enjoyed several classes in comedy writing. I think the most helpful advice I received was be a, be a little interested in everything. And when exploring something for the first time, ask, What's funny about this? I'm not a fan of major sports like football, basketball, or baseball, but I do from time to time enjoy reading a biography of a star player and learning something from their climb to the top. And with a great sense of patriotism, I'll watch the Army-Navy football game. There is something special about a little thing called curiosity. And you just never know when this little thing can lead you to something big. Walt Disney creator of Mickey Mouse, said, We keep moving forward, doing new things, because we're curious, and curiosity keeps us leading down new paths. Here are a few suggestions for exercising your curiosity muscles this week. Take a different route to work. Listen to a different radio station. Try a different topping on your pizza. Seek out a new restaurant. Wear your underwear on the outside of your pants. <laughs> This is sure to be a conversation starter with strangers. <laughs> Shop at a different grocery store. If you've never taken dance lessons, sign up for one. Visit a music store, buy an instrument, and learn how to play it. 
have some fun, expand your horizons. I agree with Albert Einstein who said, the mind that opens to a new idea never returns to its original size. Oh, I'm just sitting here. Curiosity's killing me. I wonder if Jerry has ever actually wore his underwear on the outside of his pants. Because he's pulling that as a reference from somewhere. Yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, I love he's, that guy. He's, he's so funny. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, trying trying not a, uh, new things, rather, is not a big problem for you and I. I think, you know, we're always willing to try something new and different and kind of put ourselves out there a little bit. Uh, but so many people, they're so timid yeah. about trying something new. Um, and it's funny. There's, there's some things though. I don't care about trying something new like food. I mean, I will try new things, mm-hmm. but I don't care. Right. You know, I, I'm, I've always said, I look at it like putting gas in your fuel in your, you know, your car, just pull up to the gas station. I just need to shovel some food in there and <laughs> move on to the next. Yeah. Thing. We couldn't be more different in that aspect. I, I, I love, I I'm a, I'm a foodie. I like trying different things, making different things. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love I love a sentiment here. Take a different route to work. You know, I do that every now and then. I, yeah. My wife calls me. You know, I'm I'm many years older than I am in this aspect, in that I just like going out riding around. She calls me grandpa. Yeah. Um, because you know whether it's in the evening or something, I just like getting out, going and riding around, and doing the drop in. You know, and this this is where Holly just oh she doesn't like it, but just dropping in on people. Yeah. And. I don't know something about that. I just, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm. Yeah. You're not worried about what people think when you drop in and she is, but they're not thinking what she thinks they're thinking. Right. Because we've done it. I've, 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 I've called her out on this before when somebody dropped by our house, she was like, Oh, that was so nice to see them. I'm like, Oh, I was so mad that they dropped by. And she said, why? And I said, I actually wasn't. But that's what she she thinks that's what people think yeah. when you just drop by. You yeah. know, you know, in the old days that's all anybody did. That's right. You know, you didn't have cell phones and text messages and it's all true. this stuff. You just dropped in. And so I'm a fan of the drop in. Yeah. Well, I like it from a running standpoint. I love to do different workouts. I mm-hmm. like to run in different places and I'll I'll take a side street just for the fun of it. Sure. Just to go see what's down there. And um I, yeah, I think that's great. Um, but back to the idea of little things making a big difference. Um, you know, one of the things that I'm having trouble with, I've had this injury that I've been talking about for, for well, actually months, I guess. But one of my problems is my piriformis muscle. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, your piriformis muscle is this little tiny muscle and it's in the middle of your rear end. And it's, you've got all these big muscles around it, but the little tiny piriformis muscle is, can cause terrible, terrible pain and problems. And part of the problem is, is that it, its location is right next to the sciatic nerve. So mm-hmm. if it gets inflamed, sometimes it presses on your sciatic nerve, but it's just, it's right back to that same thing he's talking about here. It's a tiny thing mm-hmm. can make a huge difference. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I remember when I was in high school and I went for one run in one pair of worn out shoes and I wound up with tendonitis in my knee, um, because of one run, little things can make mm-hmm. a big difference. Sure. Luke 16.10 says, Whoever can be trusted with very little can also be trusted with much. And whoever is dishonest with very little will also be dishonest with much. You know, when I read this verse, I always think about, um, we talk about Dave Ramsey on here quite a bit, but he, he talks about this with money, this idea that 
um, you know, people, he, he says money only magnifies who you are. So yeah. if, if you're a, a bad person with a little bit of money, you're just going to be a bad person with a lot of money. Yeah. If you're a good person with a, a little bit of money, you're going to be a, a very generous person with a lot of money. And I think, I think that's what this ver- scripture is talking about is material things, wealth, possessions, that's not going to make you a better person. It's only going to magnify the person you are. He always says that, you know, when people try to move and, and get away from a situation that may be toxic or things like that, he said, always remember, you go with you. Mm. The, the, it, and the point is, you got to change you mm-hmm. first. Yeah. Um, and I, th- I, I think that's what this verse is really digging at here. I remember we were, I was, I was with a company that was part of Berkshire Hathaway at one time. And I remember, um, um, what's his name? The guy from Berkshire Hathaway. Um, why is his name? Oh my gosh. Uh, anyway, um, famous guy, one of the richest guys in the world. I got his book over there. Yeah. And he, um, he said that, you know, it takes a long time to build up your reputation, but it takes only one little bad one second. thing to, to destroy it. And um, it, that's kind of that, a little thing making a big difference. And uh, when it comes to, to, to responsibilities, I think, I think about uh, spokespeople for companies. Warren Buffett. Warren Buffett. Sorry. Yeah, that's him. Uh, you know, pe- pe- people are spokespeople. You know, the, the reason why they're a spokesperson and why they command big dollars mm-hmm. just to say a few words in a commercial is because they did well with this little thing. They mm-hmm. got more and more responsibility and they became famous for what they do. And uh, and now um, they're looked at, their words carry more weight. Sure, um, It's why, you know, if I'm out somewhere and, and somebody will stop me and ask me running questions because yeah. they know me and... That's something that you know I've done a lot with a little, right. and I've gotten more and more. Um, so anyway, it, it's it's an interesting thing. I and Jerry talks about here. You can tell a lot about someone based on how they treat. When, when you when you go when you, I see somebody treating a waitress or a mm. checkout clerk, mm. that man that gets all over me. They're Boy. they're there again. That's they're doing that in all of their lives. That's right. Everything yeah, they do, sure. they're doing that same thing. That that same posture. Yep. You can be sure. James 3, 4. Look at the ships also. Though they are large and driven by strong winds, they are guided by a very small rudder wherever the will of the pilot directs. Hmm. Yeah, he's talking about, I mean, he's talking about the mouth, right? That Mm -hmm. our mouth is, it can do so much. Um, I mean, you can think about, we've probably all been in that relationship that we ruined because of uh, a word that mm-hmm. we said, you know, one sentence that we uttered and we wish we could take it back and change it. And, but it's, it's done. Well, yeah. And uh, you and I were talking right before this podcast and, uh, I ran across a young man this past weekend that, that you and I coached mm-hmm. and, um, uh, what was it I used? I said, he's a ball of, um, just resentment. There, there's a yeah. lot going on in his life. Yeah. And, but I think part of his problem is as I sat and listened to this young man talk, he was just, 
negative and negative and negative and ne- and it becomes a it, it becomes who he is yeah. and that's all driven you know they say that you know you listen to what the mouth says yeah. including your own that's right um if if you're just constantly talking like that it is going to be a self-fulfilling prophecy it's going to drive you down but you can change your outlook simply by the way you talk that's right you know yes fake it till you make it but that will happen the more we talk about smiling when yep. you're running. Mm-hmm. So that one act can make you feel better on a run. And so many people don't believe this, but it's true. If you're constantly talking down and down and down, it's going to bring you down. Yep. And if you don't, if you don't believe what you're saying, think about your own self when somebody said that kind word to you. How did you feel? Especially at a time when you didn't really deserve it, and they did it anyway. Think about how that made you feel. And but. The other thing is, it also made that person feel good. Yeah, yeah. You can be having a rotten day and be kind to somebody else, and it's going to make your day better. That is a fact. Absolutely. Yep. It's, uh, you know, I've always been amazed at tech support people. You ever been on the <laughs> phone with tech support? And, and I've seen, I remember one incident in particular. I was mad. I was upset. I wanted to scream and holler at somebody. And so I called this company. And by the time I got off the phone, I'd purchase something more from them, <laughs> you know, because they knew how to take that and turn it around and be positive rather than negative. Um, and they let me say what I was going to say, but they turned all of that around and we can be that person. Right. Mm-hmm. But I've also been on the phone with, with tech support where I just called them just to get some help or to answer a question or something. Mm-hmm. And by the time I get off, I'm, I'm, I'm biting nails. Because you ran I'm across so this last week. You had a, Somebody that very unsuspecting give you a compliment because of uh, what was she? It was Apple. Yes, that's right. I forgot she, about that. Yeah, she because you sent it to us and you yep. say as many times as I talk about these big corporations and kind of their stances on things. Here's a glimmer of hope, and it, and it, it what it showed me is that these big corporations they're they're standing on ideals and principles that we don't necessarily agree with but they're full of people just like you and I, and you just happen to run across one. Yep. And she, what was it she said? She, she complimented the verse of scripture on your, yeah, or something. She did. Anyway, it was, she, it was a sign that, man, this is a giant of a company, but it's got some, there's some really good people in there. Yep. And she's, and, and, and obvious, either she's a Christian or she faked it really good. Right. <laughs> one or the other, but she yeah. made me feel like she was. Or, and, or, and or you spoke to her. Yeah. Just by, I think it's your your you've got a scripture yeah, on your signature line. Yeah. Um and there again, to Jerry's point, it's one of those little things. Yeah. Little things that made your day. You sent it to all of us and made our day, yeah. but it was just a little note that she put that made and, your day. And you don't know that maybe she was having a bad day at that time. Sure. And maybe that verse of scripture was what she needed right. too, yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Could be could be. Matthew 17:20. If you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. Mm. It makes me think about stories, you know, we've heard where someone goes through the 5K challenge or the couch to marathon, and all of a sudden they think they can do big things Mm -hmm. because they did a big thing, right? Um, One little program like the 5K challenge can change the trajectory of somebody's life. Mm Mm-hmm. Be, but just 
just by doing that thing. Sure. Um, yeah. To me, that that grain of mustard seed is that it's that first accomplishment, you know, that leads to other accomplishments because you did that thing, and so now I think I can do bigger things. Right. Right. Question. What little thing has made a big difference in your life? Well, running. Yeah. yeah. Running. I mean, running's really it's really a little thing, right? Yeah. Um it's it's just a form of exercise. Uh, but but look what it's done. Look what Run for God has done for, for so many people. I mean, we're on episode one hundred and ninety-four right here. And in most of these episodes, we shared somebody's story. Sure. And so that's one hundred and ninety-four stories. Uh, where it has impacted somebody. But it's life. even smaller than that. It's 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 how we changed our perspective on running. At least for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was it's even smaller than just running. It's it's how we look at it. You know, where where we put it in our life and yeah. just that one little shit. I mean, the, you look at you can draw it all the way back to HR. You know, mm-hmm. one little comment, seven little words. Yep. You know, Mitch, don't let this become your guys. Yeah. It's yeah, um, just a little thing that, that changes, changes everything. I, I always think about it. You really think about it. It's always something little. It is. It is. Yeah, because I think about my life and, and just in general, and I think about what if I change one decision in my life? And I, the one that I thought about was what if I change what college I went to? Mm-hmm. If I change what college I went to, it changes where I go to work. It, cha- it changes Everything about my life. Mm-hmm. My life is completely different if one decision was made different. And, and I was really close to making a different decision when I was deciding what college to go to. And, you know. Kind of makes you think of It's a Wonderful Life. It does. It really if does. If you haven't seen It's a Wonderful Life, this is, we're now a couple weeks before Christmas. That movie is what Jerry's talking about. It's, it's the little bitty things. Yep. And... It's an incredible movie. Sorry, didn't mean to get off on that. No, that's great. I love that movie. It's my. It's. I think it's my favorite Christmas movie. Oh, by yeah, far. Yeah. yeah, and it's got to be the the black and white version. Does it? You can't watch yeah. the color version. I don't. I don't know if I've ever watched the colored version. Yeah, they have. You know where they digitally make yeah. it color, and it's just it's kind of like watching the color Andy Griffith shows. It's yeah. not the same. Well, you know what's interesting about that? I was talking about me cho- choosing the college that I went to. Well, you know why I chose the college I went to, right? It was because of running. Yeah, they paid so, you. <laughs> so just this little thing made me decide where I was going to go to college, sure. right? Yeah. So that that was how I made my decision, and it's changed the trajectory of my life. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Uh, second question. What little, thing you, what little thing you've done has made a big difference in someone else's life? You know, I, I was looking at this question, and this one's hard because many times you don't know. Yeah. Especially yeah. with the little things. Yeah. Unless you, you get that time. I'm thinking about a few texts that I've gotten through the years that, you know, people said, hey, what you said really changed my day. You know, mm-hmm. something you said, hey, thank you for coaching me through the years. And um, so many, so what, I guess the answer to his question here is, we, I can tell you some instances but I wouldn't have known about those instances had the people not told me. And this is another important point. We talk about saying thank you and, and all this to waiters and waitresses and whatever. But when people make an impact on you, so many times 
it's not that we don't want to. We just kind of let it go, and we're we're thankful, and we're like, tell that person. Yeah. Because I know the few times that I've gotten those texts or emails, man. Yeah. That they they stick out to me right now. I'm thinking of a couple that I'm not going to share, but um, they're they make a huge impact. It's confirmation that that what we're doing is right. Yeah. Because so many times we wonder. Yep. You know, if we're just being honest, we've been at times in this ministry where we're like, is this the right thing? And and lo and behold, one of those texts or one of those emails that come through and it's like, thank you for reaching back out. Yeah, and we've all had that. We've all had that occasion where somebody did or said something to us that had made a big impact on our life and we haven't gone back and, and said anything. Right. So you know there's you you've probably done the same thing to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I remember back years ago, I got a phone call from a, a friend of mine, somebody I had worked with for several years. Um, and we had become fairly close in a working relationship and um we talked Bible and stuff a lot and anyway, we we were close. Well, he started running. So he calls me up one night. And just to get some running advice, I'm just getting started running, you know, tell me some things I need to know, that kind of thing. We talked for about an hour and I didn't think anything more after that phone call. And then several years later, I got a phone call from him and he said, I answered the phone. He said, I did it. I'm like, you did what? He said, I did it. He said, he, and he ran 24 minutes for a 5k. Because in that first phone call, I said, here's a good goal for you down the road. <laughs> and he that drove him for years to do wow. it. And he finally did it. And he called me the day that he did it mm-hmm. and said, thank you for challenging me. And you just, you never know. Now, he happened to be one of those guys who would reach back out and call. But you never know how many times mm-hmm. something you said made a big impact with somebody because they didn't reach back out and tell you. Sure. So it's, it's pretty cool. Um, and I didn't even realize I had challenged. I wouldn't have known if you, if somebody had asked me, did you challenge this guy to break 24 minutes in a five cat? I'd have been like, nah, I might have, I don't know. <laughs> don't remember. But he remembered, but he remembered. Yeah. 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 Again, small thing, right? Last question. What little thing are you curious about? And what are you going to do about it? <laughs> I like the question. It's an open-ended question here. Yep, yep. Well, I don't know. I, I have a tendency to go ahead and do the things I'm curious about. So um, I don't know. I, I, one thing that came to mind was, you know, we I've got this Christmas story that I wrote several years ago. And I've always thought I want to I do like a short film of that Christmas story. And I've never, I haven't done it. Maybe this year, not before this Christmas, but. Maybe this winter, mm-hmm. um, I should have maybe have some time to put that together. But I would love to do that. That's the thing that came to my mind. You got anything that comes to mind that you're curious about? Would want to do? Yeah, I mean, you know, I've and I, I've kind of done it vicariously through my youngest son, but you know, I I have a construction background, but you know, I've always thought one day, maybe it's probably going to be when I retire doing a lot of woodworking, you know, mm-hmm. making, making that into something. Uh, and I'm kind of doing that vicariously through landing right now. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's, you know, the things you sit and daydream about, um, you know, that's one of them. Um, one of them is, you know, how in the world did Florida state not get into the playoffs? <laughs> um, 
I would love to have a clear answer on on that. And I'm not even a Florida State fan. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, how does the town of Cahutta, anytime they have an event here, there's seems like thousands of people show up and they do no advertising. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things I'm curious about. And it's a town of less than a thousand. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Um, so they, they had right here in the Cahutta General Store. So if you've never been to Cahutta, you got to come to the Cahutta General Store. They had a little beauty pageant for kids this weekend. I wasn't here because they they pushed all their furniture in here. But you were here. You said here. there was people st- lined outside in the streets trying to get in. That's right. And I didn't see. I, I saw some advertisements in the store here. Yeah. I didn't see it anywhere else advertised. Nope. And it's it's, it's something about the center of the universe. It's yeah. kind of some kind of time warp here. <laughs> must be it. Um, must be it. So yeah. But Man, you know, I, I just love Jerry's stories, and, and we. We do have to get him on here. We do. This is what the fourth or fifth yeah, and we, story he's and submitted. And we keep now. saying we need to get him on here, and then we don't do it. So I need to. Well, need, Jerry, we're putting the ball on. in your court. Yeah, come on. You let us know when you can come. We'll be here. Come on. Do you struggle with motivation to exercise? Are you looking for something that will challenge you and inspire and motivate you? The Run for God Run Club is just what you need to get off the couch and on your way to a fitter, healthier you. Stop trying to get into better shape and do it with the help and inspiration of thousands of others who are going through the same challenges you face. Whether you are participating in the Couch to Marathon Challenge or any of our other challenges, or you're just looking for a daily pick-me-up to get active, join the Run for God Run Club today. You can join for as little as 27 cents a day. So what are you waiting for? Get started today at runforgod.com. We are back. And, you know, there was an article written a few years ago. I think you may have seen it. It it was written by Lauren Fleshman, and it was called uh, Dear Younger Me, uh, Lauren Fleshman. And she was was in her mid-30s, I think, at the time. And it was a great write-up. You know, we've seen sometimes how younger girls, like middle school girls, they're really, really fast and really talented. And then they plateau or they even regress some. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that has to do with their body composition, their body makeup and their, their maturity and their hips change angles and all these things that happen to their body. And a lot of times girls get really frustrated with mm-hmm. that and they give up. And this basically this article was, hey, don't give up. If, if I knew because she she went through those frustrations um, but she she kind of stuck in there, but it was hard on her. Mm-hmm. And so she went back and said, what would I tell my younger self? And it was really, really well done. So I say all that to say this. She has written a book now. Hmm. And so if you like that, I've not written the book. I don't know anything about the book. If there's something in the book that shouldn't be endorsed by us, then I don't know it. Right. right. So uh, I'm not necessarily endorsing the book, but if you want to read about that, or if you have a young girl who is a runner and you're concerned, um, maybe maybe this is a good resource. But Lauren Fleshman, she wrote a book. It's called, it's titled, Good for a Girl, My Life Running in a Man's World. Um, and I like the way Lauren run, writes because she doesn't, there's a lot of man bashing in the world these days. She doesn't do that. Right. She's just talking about the difference from, 
you know, girls do have some unique challenges mm -hmm. and that he, he, here's, here's how I deal with them and that kind of thing. So, um, so yeah, check that out. You can also go back. I think it's on mile split, the, uh, the original article. Um, if you wanted to read that again, it's called dear younger me, Lauren Fleshman. And, um, you can, you can look at that, but here's the cool thing. She won this book award. It's a pretty prestigious book award. It's the William Hill sports book of the year. And this is the first book written by a woman about women in sport that has won the award. And mm -hmm. the award's been around for 35 years. Wow. So a pretty big deal. And she is a good writer, so um, I'm sure that's, that's a, good, a good portion of the reason. Uh, but we've seen this firsthand with girls, right? Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, if you pay any attention to cross country especially, sure. you've seen it. Uh, these girls who they really are, they're really, they're fantastic as middle schoolers. And yeah, uh, you know, you got these boys who are going the exact opposite direction because, sure. you know, boys at the, at the age of 12, they're getting this big testosterone boost. You know, all of a sudden their body is being flooded with these hormones that are making them faster mm -hmm. and girls are being flooded with hormones and changes that are not making them faster. Right. And, uh, and it's just tough to deal, to deal with. So, um, yeah, again, this might be a good resource. So, sure. Um, now, I'm frankly skeptical anytime anything wins an award these days. So, I don't, <laughs> makes me, that, that's why I want to put the caveat in there about I don't right. know anything about this book. But uh, if it's anything like the Mile Split article, it's probably pretty good. Sure. All right, it's time for Dean's thoughts. And that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. What do you think would happen if we decided tomorrow in America to change to driving on the left side of the road? Mm, that would be bad. Pandemonium. This one's called Preconceived Notions. From 1 a.m. to 6 a.m. on September 3rd, 1967, no one was allowed to drive the streets of Sweden. The 1,976,248 registered vehicles sat idle for as long as it took to change all the signs on the roads. On September 2, 1967, Swedish law required, car, required cars to be driven on the left side of the road. But early the next morning, the law changed to require everyone to drive on the right side of the road. Can you even imagine the chaos? The emergency rooms were ready for the onslaught of people rushing through their doors that day. The auto body repair shops were salivating and feeling overwhelmed at the same time for all the business they were anticipating. The problem is, the accidents didn't happen as planned. The number of accidents actually went down. The introduction of anti-lock brakes promised to cut down the number of accidents when they were introduced. Of all the safety improvements introduced in the automotive industry, anti-lock brakes were probably as important as any of them. The insurance industry was excited for the decrease in accidents that was to come from the introduction of one of the most important safety features of all time. The problem is, the accidents did not decrease. Instead, they increased. A safety feature was added and it became more unsafe to drive on the roads. What happened in these crazy cases? It's called risk homeostasis. So what is risk homeostasis? It's the theory that posits that people at any moment of time compare the amount of risk they perceive 
with their target level of risk and will adjust their behavior in an attempt to eliminate any discrepancies between the two. In other words, drivers became more careful when they switched sides of the road and less careful when they knew their brakes worked better. Preconceived notions can be a good thing, like when you meet someone for the first time and their reputation is positive. You're more likely to see them as positive when you've heard stories about how nice they are. But more often, preconceived notions are a bad thing. When you dread your six-mile run this afternoon because you know it's going to be hard, guess what happens? It will probably be hard. I have a crazy theory with nothing to back it up that some people who are injured all the time are subconsciously causing the problem. When you worry all the time about a problem, I think your body has the ability to want to fulfill your thoughts. After all, we all want to be right about what we think. Now, to be clear, I think this is a very small fraction of injuries, but I think it exists. When it comes to what we think and what we, what we think we can do and what we think we can't do, I think our brains will often overcompensate and make sure that our thoughts are correct. I think that that's why Henry Ford's quote is so accurate. Whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. So what's the answer? I think the answer is to look at everything with a neutral eye. When I gave up soft drinks a few years ago, I did it with the idea that I am open to whatever happens. Consequently, I gave up soft drinks. And I don't think it made any difference to the way I felt at all. That may come as a surprise to many people, but that was my experience. You may think that it turned out that way because I wanted it to turn out that way, but I would counter that with my diet. I decided to try a plant-based diet for 30, for 30 days. I was open even though I really thought it would make no difference. The result is that I'm still a plant-based eater years later now because I felt the difference. If you think you can't run a marathon, you're right and wrong. You probably can, but you have to be open to the possibility. So many people never try because their preconceived notion is that they can't do it. Now, that doesn't mean that we can't do anything if only we believe either. Like when I read a quote, uh, when, when I read a quote like that, I cringe a little bit. We do have to be realistic. If you run your easy runs at 10 minute pace, you're not a candidate for running a sub four minute mile. <laughs> you can believe all you want, but you will never be able to do it. All I'm saying is, be open to possibilities. You can think whatever you want, just like I had a preconceived notion about a plant-based diet. But be open to the possibility that something could radically change your life, because it might. It did in my case. For us to get through to the non-believer, we must overcome preconceived notions. People hear that Christians are weak, gullible, and intellectually bankrupt. Who would want to be part of that? Do you want to know how I think we break through those preconceived notions? We live a life that shows the opposite. If someone thinks Christianity is for dumb people, then arm yourself with apologetic facts that may stir some thought in them. If they think Christianity is for weak people, explain why we are all weak and we all need God to overcome that weakness. But most importantly, live a life that shows the joy that comes from being a child of God. Nobody can look away from that. Risk homeostasis tells us that we will overcompensate for our preconceived notions, whether it is through our fitness journey or a Christian walk. Let yourself be open to reality. 
Be so open that your body starts craving tougher things because it wants to know where that limit is and to be what God wants, what God has in store for you. We know it will be spectacular. And although being open to God is easier said than done, it is absolutely possible. And it's up to you, not him. That's a great story, Dane. <laughs> I, yeah, I know the sentiment of all that, but I've never heard it articulated that way. So good job. Well, thank you. Thank you. Um, isn't that crazy about Sweden? They literally change. It is, but it's not surprising. I mean, to me, it's not, because I think you and I are kind of wired to the same way. We 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 get these preconceived notions. Mm. We, we're, we're in the business of trying to debunk a lot of preconceived notions. Um, but yeah, it is. I, I didn't know that that was actually a thing. I didn't know that that actually happened. Yeah. That overnight, they why did they do that? What was the reason back then? Well, it, it was because of the cars that were made um, and that most of the people, the countries around them had switched to... So they drive... So they were one of the few... They drive were, on the right side of the road now. Yes. And okay. do you know why we drive, why most countries drive on the right side of the road? No. Henry Ford. Really? Yes. Because what happened... <laughs> well, it is, makes sense. I mean... This is great history. Yeah. So <clears throat> most countries drove on the left side of the road at the time, back in the, in the 1600s, 1700s, you know, horse and buggy and, and all that. And of course, in England, they still drive on the left side of the road. Oh, so it started with the horse and buggy. Yes. Is what, okay. Because you started saying 1600s, and they drove on the right side. I'm like, they didn't have cars yeah, back then. Yeah, no, with a horse yeah, okay. and buggy. I got they, you. they drove on the left side of the road, and that's, that's where, that was the standard. Right? Okay. Uh, but then when, when the United States pulls away from Great Britain, it was like, we just want to be different. We don't want to be like them, so we're going to drive on the right side of the road. That's so American, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so we're yeah. going to drive on the right side of the road. Well, uh, what, where was the, where was the, the, the first mass-produced car that people could could purchase was the Model T came from the United States mm -hmm. and so the Model T was sold all over the world and so mm -hmm. the Model T obviously has the steering wheel on the left side of the car which is it, you know needs to be driven on the right side of the road and so because of the proliferation of the Model T countries began changing their driving patterns to driving on the right side of the road isn't that fascinating? Yeah, but I still don't understand why, because you made the statement, this may be a preconceived notion, you made the statement, the steering wheel is on the left side of the car, so it needs to be driven on the right side of the road. Why? Because you're in the middle of the action, I guess. You know, if you're, yeah. on the, if you're on the edge, you're on the edge of the road. And To me, that's not enough to make that change, though. Because yeah. I've, driven, I've driven a right-handed driver car. Have you? Here yeah. before, and it's, it's not really that weird. Um, actually it was a right hand drive stick shift. So I was changing the gears with my left hand. That was weird. Oh, I bet that was. But driving weird. on the, driving on the right side of the car, I mean, mailman do it all the time. That's true. Um, that's true. It's just takes getting used to. But yeah, that's a, that's a very interesting story. Yeah. Well, that's not ultimately what the story is about though. Sure. You know, part of the issue in Sweden was that, um, you know, people were obviously more careful because they expected accidents right. and they all actually, they lowered the speed limit too. For, for a while um, until they got used to it. But um, we're always trying to make up for, for any, anything that we think is a problem. We're always trying to make up for it. And that's kind of what this is about. When it comes to running, you know, we, we often see barriers that they're, they're not even there, mm -hmm. but we, we think they're there. Um, <clears throat> I think it's why 
what I have found over the years for me is I tend to run better on a really hard course, not because I'm good at like hills or whatever is tough about that course, but because I don't let those preconceived notions affect me as much as other people do. So we're in our national championship, the one that I'm going to run this weekend, I tend to fare better among my peers whenever the course is tougher Hmm. Um, because I think there's just some people who they kind of give up Mm -hmm. when they know there's a lot of hills in that race. They just give up. And I can remember races where I remember the one when we were in Bend, Oregon. I mean, my time was awful Mm -hmm. and I got through and I thought, oh, that was horrible. And then I looked at my place and I thought, well, I did really well Mm -hmm. because everybody did awful Mm -hmm. because it was a tough course. Um, And I just don't let myself get swayed. You just got more grit than the other guys. Well, maybe that too. I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Um, But it's important to believe that we can do things. Um, But I think this is a little bit more than that. Mm -hmm. Um, We have to be open to whatever actually happens. Um, I really think that this is why as I get older, um, I'm not slowing down as much as some other folks are because a lot of people look at others and they go, well, I'm I'm supposed supposed to to slow down right now. And my attitude is I don't want to slow down right now. Right. And, And so now I've had to change the things I do. There's things I can't do that I used to be able to do. Mm-hmm. And I have to change the way I train. And there's a lot of things different about what I do. But I haven't slowed down as much as a lot of other folks because I just I just don't think I should. Right. And and I think it's what, what we believe is so, so important. And then, of course, from a faith standpoint, I think it's, it's partly um, us that needs to be open to the possibilities um, and, and partly the person we're trying to share with. And, you know, what do I mean by that? You know, we say that God can do anything. Mm-hmm. Right? We say that all the time. Well, God, God can accomplish anything. Mm-hmm. What do our actions show? Mm-hmm. You know, do our actions actually show that we believe God can do anything? Mm-hmm. Or do our actions show in something, you know, that we're, we're hedging our bets? Uh, because I think that if, if you want to get through to somebody who's a non-believer, well, they need to see you acting out your faith in a real way, mm-hmm. and that doesn't show it if you don't. If you're not, if you don't, you know, if you're not all completely bought into that idea. Um, anyway, I had a. Uh, you almost said the quote. I man, I. It was an. This is one of those times where you're just wow. Something I said in the past just really resonated with somebody. There was a young lady who told me this past week that her senior quote, evidently they do senior quotes nowadays. Yeah. And her senior quote was, true boldness is putting your faith into action when the only thing you have to fall back on is what you claim to put your faith in. Yeah. And that that's that quote is kind of what you're talking about. Yeah. But, I mean, well, man, that just set me back. Yeah, it really but, set me back in yeah. my chair that, that she used that. But, yeah, I mean, you're right. That's, it's, do we really believe that? Yeah. Do we really believe that our faith will sustain us? And we need to be bold about it. Put your money where your mouth is, right? <laughs> yeah. 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 Would you like to experience the Bible in a different way than you've ever done before? Well, you can join me, Coach Dean, as I read through the entire Bible every day for a full year. 
You don't want to miss hearing this transplanted Southern boy try to pronounce those biblical names now, do you? It may be good for a laugh. In addition, I share running and walking tips and some inspirational quotes along the way. Get your daily dose of the Bible from a runner's perspective in the Run for God Run Club Walk Through the Bible. You must be a member of the Run Club to get access. So if you're not a member, join today. If you are a member, just find a walk through the Bible under the Nationwide Challenge tab. Every week, I share a reason why running and or walking is so awesome. And this week, it's this. It's good for your back. You know, we dispel, we dispel the myth all the time about how running, you know, people talk about how it's how bad for your knees. And we know that it's not. We know that it's actually good for your knees and therapeutic for your knees. Um, but it's also good for your back, um, which I don't know that you would think about that with all the pounding. Um, but it, uh, it, in a 2020 report titled Long-Term Running in Middle-Aged Men and Intervertebral Disc Health, a cross-section pilot study says investigators looked at disc spacing in veteran runners versus non-runners. The finding, middle-aged, long-term endurance runners exhibit less age-related decline in their lumbar intervertebral disc height. Uh, and the more years subjects had been running, the better their disc spacing looked. Likewise, for weekly mileage, more running was better. Hmm. So running is actually good for your back and actually preserves the space between your discs. And you would think it's the exact opposite because we're pounding on it all the time, right? Um, yeah, but pounding is what builds bone. I mean, that's yeah. pounding. We know that that is good. Yeah. Um, if you take a person and you lift them off the ground for five years and, and let them get no impact, their body's going to be a wreck. That's true. Um, yeah. So, I mean, Yeah. I just preconceived I, notions back to the, yeah. back to the point. Yeah. Yeah. I had just never, I didn't, I think I just found this. I never heard it before, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, it's good for your back. Just like it is for your knees. That's why, that's why they say, you know, I, I can't cite the study, but I've heard this several times that the kids nowadays, their bones are more brittle because they're not out playing and being active as much and falling down and, you know, yeah, falling off the monkey bars and getting thrown off the seesaw, and um, they're just not as active. And what you think is being hard on their body is actually good for their good body. For them. Yeah, that's a good point. The truth is, being sedentary is not good for you. No. Yep. Well, I was reading an article by Alex Hutchinson. He's a very well-respected writer in the running and triathlon circles, um, and it revealed some interesting things to me. Um, you know, I'm sure that you've heard about elite athletes who take asthma medication, right? Mm -hmm. um, they all have asthma for some reason. Yes. Yeah. There's so many. One in five yeah. elite athletes has asthma. Yeah. Right. And so my thought has always been, man, this sounds shady, right? Like, oh my mm -hmm. gosh, I can't believe that, that, that people are taking advantage mm -hmm. of this. Well, it turns out that athletes training actually brings on this condition that requires medication. I did not know that. Apparently, mm -hmm. when you train really hard in very cold air or very polluted air, um, it causes a restriction in your airways that necessitates this asthma medication. Mm -hmm. And 
I just never thought about that. Cold air, dry air is is, is causing the problem. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, back when Alberto Salazar was coaching, mm-hmm. um, I remember, you know, hearing things about him and he would take his athletes and have them go do a workout before they went in for this check on their, about their asthma. And I thought, man, that sounds really, really shady. Well, it turns out that that test actually gets a better reading when you've done a workout beforehand. So yeah. it actually was better. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all this stuff that sounded sketchy in the past, it sounds like now. Yeah, I mean, it's, extra, it's exercise-induced asthma is what they call it. Yeah. And it's, I mean, it's a real thing. I, you know, there's something. We, we haven't figured out exactly what it is, but there's something goes on with Landon, you know, when yeah. he runs and he really starts pushing. He can feel it coming on. Actually, at the state meet, the one of his teammates that he was running with the first half, Jack, he described it to us. He yeah. said, I heard it coming on. Yeah. And, and and then it was just within a minute or two, Landon was off the back. Yeah. But um, it's a real thing. But I think it's we haven't gotten a – some parts of it are still not understood. Yeah. Uh, because there's the uh, vocal cord dysfunction. There's mm-hmm. exercise-induced asthma. And it all has to do with either the, the lungs or the, the, the bronchial – pathways getting constricted mm-hmm. and that can be from a stress reaction it can be from cold air and that's why you know we keep telling to landon to relax yeah because we think that that's part of what landon says he gets so uptight and it starts constricting everything but landon i don't know if he said this to you yet i think he probably has but he wants somebody to tell him do this to relax yeah he can't he, but when he goes out, I mean, he went out and ran 10 miles yesterday at a really good pace, and he said, I felt great. Yeah. It's because there was no expectations. He was just out for a, a mm-hmm. long run, and it felt great. So, yeah, there's a lot to still be learned, I think, in this, yes. which is so hard to believe. As advanced as we are in medicine and the fact that we kind of know what it is, Yeah. how do you fix it? Yeah. There's no good answer. Yeah, it's interesting. On how to fix it. it. Yeah. Um, well, the World 24-Hour Championships were this weekend. Um, Miho Nakata from Japan and Alexander Sorokin from Lithuania are the world champions. Um, and this Miho, she set a um, world record for 24 hours. She ran 270 kilometers, which is, uh, I want to say, 167 miles. Um, and then... Sorokin ran over 180 miles. He ran over 300 kilometers. I think it was 301 kilometers. Um, so that that was I, – I still can't imagine running that far um, in 24 hours. Um, and then it, I thought it was interesting that the women's team competition – I didn't realize I had team competitions in this. But Poland was first for women, and then Japan, and then Czech Republic – um, and then on the men's side, it was Lithuania and then Poland and then Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I thought that was – there's no United States in here at all. Mm-hmm. There's no African nations in here at all. It's all European and then, of course, um, Japan, which Japan doesn't surprise me at all, mm-hmm. um, the endurance bases that, that all of those folks are, are building. Um, but I thought it was interesting that Poland is so strong in the uh, – uh, ultra marathon mm-hmm. world. I didn't know that. Well, Joshua Chepta guy, 
Did you know that he was running a marathon this week? I didn't. I saw this in your notes. I was curious. How did that go? Um, he was 37th. Wow. Yeah. But listen, he was 37th. He ran 209 or 208. Wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's how fast it is in Valencia now. Um, it was the Valencia Marathon, and we had the fourth guy under 202 um, in this race, Sisse Lemma. Mm-hmm. Um, been around for a while. He's an Ethiopian guy. Ran uh, a 201.30 something, I think it was. So he's now the fourth fastest guy of all time. When is when is the Olympic trials? Um, it's in January, I think. Okay, January so or February. It's kind of surprising that there's a a race of this caliber that close to. Well, that's the United States. Oh, that's true. Okay, yeah, other other other. But I would think everybody's is sometime around. Is that not the case? Is, no. Okay. No, they they all do it differently. Some okay. some countries they don't have a. Olympic trials. Hmm. They just choose their team. I didn't know that. Yeah, every country is different in how they do it. So hmm. um, some of them will be like the United States and will have the, the race um, somewhere around the same time as us. Some of them will have it much closer to Olympic time. We used to have it closer to Olympic time. Um, that's just a recent thing where we've had it in, you know, almost a year out. Right. So, yeah. Well, we have a trivia question for this week. This one is interesting. There are events that take place in parks and other venues where they are timed, but there is no entry fee, no awards, and they are held weekly. What are these events called? Have you ever heard of this? Yeah. I'm I'm pretty sure I know the name. Yeah. Maybe I'm dead wrong, but... Well, it's 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 pretty it's a pretty cool thing. I like the concept. I remember back years ago when uh, Tom Sell, he was the coach of the Northwest cross-country team, and during the summer, every week on Tuesday evening, he had a race at Edwards Park. And, uh, and it had this title? It didn't have this title, though. But it was, it was cool because it was like no frills. There were no awards. There wasn't okay, then I'm wrong because I thought it was no frills. Huh? I thought it was oh, no frills. No, it's not called okay. no frills. No, okay. no, no, it's not okay. called no frills. So the answer is not no frills. That is That's right. a hint. That is, it is correct <laughs> that that is not the answer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right. Where well, your motivational thought of well, the wait a week. minute, submit your answer. Oh, yes. And you'll get twenty dollars into the run for God's That's door. Right. I saw one of those come through yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I saw the twenty dollar discount come through and I know that that was somebody that got the answer. That's right. right. That's right. Very good. Our motivational thought of this week is from John C. Maxwell. He's one of those leadership guys. Sure. I love John Maxwell. Mm-hmm. He's a he's a cool guy. And he said, Dreams don't work unless you do love that quote isn't that great so true don't be surprised when reaching your goal is hard (laughs) it's supposed to be hard and that's part of the beauty of it that's part of what makes the goal worthwhile is the fact that it's hard so if it's hard to get out there and get it done good good it's supposed to be now get out there and conquer it right all right until next week may god bless every step of every run and or walk Go out there and shine your light. Good job, Dean. For more information about the Run for God ministry, go to runforgod.com. If you have questions about your salvation, click on the Peace with God tab. There's nothing more important. Thanks for joining us today.